0: Let's take our Bibles this morning and let us find the book of Ephesians chapter 4. And I um, know we've been in Revelation a couple of weeks and I want to go back to that maybe next week. Uh, That's the plan anyway. Um, Because I do believe that um, right now uh, what is in Revelation 4 is very important to where we are uh, today for a lot of reasons, um, but in the, in the poem and in what Casey read this morning, in 1994, uh, Don Wildman was concerned about the comfort of, of the church, and I, and I, w- I want to tell you that today we're, we're about to lose Western civilization as a whole because of comfort. Because we're willing to, to almost give up anything for comfort. Um, something is going to happen that's going to either, as I, as I said a few weeks ago, we are at a stage in our history and as a country that one of two things are going to happen. I, uh, I've been growing tomatoes this year, and, and uh, the thing about tomatoes, and we like vine ripe tomatoes, but again... When it is ripe, it's got to be harvested, or if you don't do that, it'll rot right there on the vine. And uh, all of them tomato sandwiches that you have in your mind are gone forever, never to return. And I'm not going to cast Birch to buy $100,000 worth of vehicle to get one, okay? I'm just saying, or a rocking chair for that matter. But anyway, um, but we are at a place in our culture today where we are ripe for either revival or we're going to rot on that vine. But one of those two things are going to happen because we cannot continue to move forward as we have been for the last 50 years. It's just not going to happen. And if you are still clinging to some hope that it is, give up on nostalgia because it's become your god. It ain't happening. I'll go ahead and give you the title for the next sermon in Revelation. Normal ain't coming back, but Jesus is, okay? Thank you, Carolyn Tidwell, for that the other day. Normal ain't coming back. Jesus is. And we better better let that digest completely in our hearts as Christian people or or we're going to miss a lot of things. And we're certainly missing the time of history that we are living in today. Which brings us to this point about... This, this gifted church, this gifted fellowship, not universally as I'm a part of something, you know, eternally in nature, which we are as saved believers, but a local fellowship, a local community, a church that is moving beyond the walls and impacting and, and is effectively ministering to a world. That is dying without, is perishing without Christ. The the impetus behind uh, the Salvation Army so many years ago was rescue the perishing. Booth understood that that people die without Jesus and they perish forever. And it was his concern of a particular part of, of, of England that was so corrupt and so vile and nobody cared about but but he would even uh, would transcend this this line drawn in the sand by the church that you have to be dignified to be a part of it, to go to those who would never walk through that door to bring the gospel to them and that's what missions is about and we have become so culturally conditioned because of how things were for decades that we benefited as a nation from this pervading. Christian worldview that affected all the institutions that we had as a nation folks that's gone it is gone people are just not getting through every aspect of life that there is a God and they have a need for him and they need to be in church that model will not work in our culture today because we're post Christian man and if you don't believe that there is nothing I'm going to say to convince you of that Look around. Look around. We we cannot. We're not the people. We're not the nation that we were fifty years ago, and the church is not the church that it was fifty years ago. I've said before we got over three hundred fifty thousand churches uh, from sea, sea to shining sea. We've got more Christian literature, more Bible studies, more Bibles, more devotions, more Christian programming, more Christian radio, more Christian songs more Christian magazines, more Christian bumper stickers, more Christian t-shirts, more Christian necklaces. We got more Christian everything than at any other time in history. But as a nation today, Ken Ham is right. Ask the question, are we more or less like Christ today in America than we were 50 years ago? And you know the answer to that. So it's it's not all of these other things. Something has changed we witness mass shootings kids I'm they say I'm bullied they go want to kill their grandparents they go into school and they shoot it up for an hour while those that are that are supposed to care and be concerned in a spirit of fear stay outside why because what we are dealing with church is not about the culture but it is about a spiritual condition in the hearts of our people today the spirit of evil murder of hate and of fear where does that come from it doesn't come from Christ it doesn't come from Christ. And people, but, and listen, I'm not, I'm, hey, we're against bullying, okay? And, and all of us, if we're honest, we probably experienced that sometime in our life. And what changed it? Because we had a meeting with the school board? No. Because at some point, you probably decided, you know what? I'm not going to do this no more. I'm not giving up my fried okra anymore. You're not, you're not getting my orange slices, man. I'm, I'm willing to go to the mattresses for these orange slices. We, we'll, I, I'm not getting out of my swing, Jack. You're going to have to throw me out the swing. And it was on, and it ended. But you know what we do today as a culture? We punish the good guys. We expel the student that stands up. And we protect the insane, is what we do. We protect the bullies. Online bullying, we talk about all these things. You don't have to have a computer, and you don't have to turn it on. You don't have to get on a chat, Snapchat, book, whatever. You don't have to be on those things. If people are causing you and 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 they're problematic, walk away from it, man. That's not necessary for society to function, right? Our culture today is so much different. And the model can't be well. If we just have the right performance, they'll come through the door. If look, folks, salvation's a spiritual, supernatural thing. And if I draw you with the music, if I draw you with the, charism, the charisma uh, of the sermon, if I draw you with the technology, then that's what's keeping you. We, don't, we can't afford to do that. There are plenty of false converts as it is. We don't have to encourage that. And at the end of the day, it, it's you, it's the Lord, it's the Word. And, and we have to make a decision to grow. And if we want to reach people with the gospel, we have got to do some work outside of these walls. So what does Ephesians 4 tell us? Now we'll get started, I Yes, Ephesians 4. If you would stand as we honor the reading of God's Word this morning, we're going to start there in verse 1 real quick. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord Jesus, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, and endeavoring, sounds like work, doesn't it? Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace there is one body, one spirit just as you were called in one hope of your calling one Lord, one faith, one baptism one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all but to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift therefore he said when he ascended on high he led captivity captive and, gifts, excuse me, and gave gifts to men and now this he ascended what does it mean? but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth he died, right? Buried in the ground isn't that what happened yes he, and he who descended is also the one who ascended far above the heavens that he might feel all things and he gave and he himself gave some to be apostles some prophets, some evangelists some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying or the building up of the body of Christ verse 13 till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, a mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. He's our example, right? Verse 14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, that speaking the truth and love may grow up in all things to him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part doesn't share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Oh Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. And minister to our hearts today. May you be glorified. May we be shaken. In Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated. The foundation of the church, the scripture teaches, is unity. And, And unity is not uniformity. Uniformity is that we all look and think alike, right? Uh, Unanimity is that we agree across the board on something. But can I tell you something this morning? We can agree across the board on something, but does that mean you're going to do anything? (laughs) We can have the same likes, dislikes, and tastes, but does it mean that we're going to do anything? No, because unity is a matter of the heart. Unity is about the 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 purpose of the heart, the purpose of God's will in our life, an agreement on major doctrine. That's what unity is. And it's interesting that as Paul lays this out in verses 1 through 6 here, he mentions that this unity, this bond that holds it all together is a a seven-cord rope here. And he mentions it in in three distinct ways. He mentions the first uh, three this way. He says, one body, one spirit, and one hope of your calling. That, my friend, is redemption. The the, the church is made up of blood-bought believers redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. For no other reason, the supernatural working power of Christ drawing you to a cross Drawing you and placing you under conviction and, and you recognizing your need for Him. Young or old, it doesn't matter. But he, but he says this first trinity that's mentioned here, this triad, if you will, one body, one spirit, one hope of your calling. That speaks of redemption. And then He mentions something else. He mentions one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And that is the profession of your faith. That is the baptism, that is the the making your uh, uh, redemption known, standing and giving a public profession of your faith, saying that I believe He is Christ the Lord, and I have personally prayed and received Jesus. I have repented of my sin, and I long to be a part of a local fellowship, a local church where I can be held to account and equipped to do the work of God. It speaks of baptism into this local church. And then finally, he mentions the Trinity here. He finally says in verse 6, One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. And I, I mentioned this last week as we were talking about the gifts. And this is about, look, everybody's got a gift. God calls us to implore that gift into His service, to push away from the table, and to get into the field of ministry. And it's not about, again, it's not about just checking the box that I'm a part of so-and-so ministry. There are things that we're doing at this church that are organized to disciple and to reach outward into the community. But folks, again, go back to what has happened in our culture over the last 50 years. We're, We're... we can do all the advertisement that we want. We can be on billboards. I mean, we, you know, right up here at the end of 319, we, there, there's a billboard there. And we can put, hey, God allows you turns. Uh, Liberty Baptist seven miles back the other way. Man, that's snazzy. It's eye-appealing, it's catching, it's digital. And, and when you turn the corner early in the morning, it'll blind you, the sign. But is that going to regenerate the dead hearts of the lost? Probably not. Probably not. Caleb has built a whole ministry out of creating in the minds this paradigm that, that if you give enough money to Caleb, that someday at some point somebody's going to turn the radio on and just God's going to speak to him. I got a better model than that. I got a much better model than that. The end of the day, we are concerned about those people that we've put a faith with that we know are lost in church. And you know what we do? We pray for them. We pray for their soul and the salvation of their soul. And I want to tell you, uh, God answers prayer. God answers prayer. He hears our prayer. Absolutely. As Marty prayed this morning, there is not a prayer that does not get to the ear of Almighty God. Some of the stuff we pray for, God's never going to answer. Because it's just, it's all about me. But I want to tell you, when you are broken and you are desperate for the soul of your family member, your your friend, your neighbor, a person that you work with, I want to tell you that gets the attention of Almighty God. Because He's the one who said, I want people to be saved. I'm not willing that people perish. I want people to get saved. I want people to be saved. This unity, John 17 and verse 20 and 21, this is what it speaks of when when Jesus is saying, Lord, we we want these disciples to know you the way I know you, to be in you and in us, to have that walk with God. Unity is the foundation for kingdom service. Folks, this is not about... This is not about a guilt trip because at the end of the day, I'm not going to give, I can't make you do anything. That's not what this is about. This is about the reality that one day in heaven, there is a throne and crowns will be cast. Crowns will be cast at the feet of the one who sits on that throne. There is a believer's work judgment there is the opportunity to hear well done you live for that whether you're young whether you're old it doesn't matter the age i mean listen folks we're not in a relay race the christian experience is not a relay race The race, I'm going to run the race with perseverance, I'm going to train my body and we're not looking to just pass this on, no, we're looking across the finish line we're looking across the finish line unity is the foundation for that, and the exalted king Jesus says that he gave everybody a gift now he mentions here in Ephesians 4 just, for the most part he mentions just The administrative gifts Teaching gifts and things of that nature For what? So that they could then teach The people of God So that they would discover their gift And they would implore that gift For the glory of God That's what we do Now we mentioned this last week About your individual gift But I want to back up for just a minute And I want to go to Romans chapter 12 If you will Romans chapter 12 and in verse 1 it says this and we'll read through verse 8, he says I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God which is your reasonable service there's nothing strange about a person who gets saved and is on fire for Jesus, that's the norm but see in our culture today, I, you know I, it's a little too radical for me You know why? Because you're a fan. You're a fan. You're a fan. God's not called us to be fans. God's called us to be participants in his kingdom. Not a fan. Because, man, the the, the whole fan thing, it just comes and goes. I remember, I mean, I can remember years ago, back in the early 2000s, Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. Tampa Bay have been awful ever since the franchise began. They had those god-awful orange and white uniforms with that thing, just awful, absolutely awful. I think they are the only franchise team in history to never win a game in their history before. Not one game the whole year. They were awful, terrible. Nobody liked Tampa Bay. They even changed their uniforms, and people still hated Tampa Bay because you can put makeup on a pig, but it's still a pig. And they were just terrible. But then one day, they won the Super Bowl. And And the next week, I saw all kinds of Tampa Bay fans riding around in their cars in Tifton, Georgia. With the flags flying, man. Bandwagon fans, right? Yeah. God didn't call us to be fans. God called us to participate and he equipped us to do just that. He says in verse 2 of Romans 12, Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one, to each one, a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same. Function Having been gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. Let us use them. Everybody's been given a measure of faith, of grace, a gift. Let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith our, or ministry. Let us, uh, let us use it in our ministering and he who teaches and teaching and he who exhorts and exhortation and he who gives with liberality he who leads with diligence he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. What, what does that mean? Again, it's not about passing the baton here. It's about you running that race with that gift that God has given you. And it doesn't have to be recognized at the end of the year or the beginning of the year on the Liberty Baptist, uh, you know, officers, teachers, and leaders sheet. It doesn't have to be. Think of the people that you impact in a given week. Listen, your your marriage can be a great testimony and encouragement, and you can you can minister to people through through the way you live as a married couple as a family there are people who can who have the privilege to start a, a a bible study a small group at work and and it and it may never mature in that that person shows up at this local church but here's the point it may very well manifest itself that that person makes heaven one day and that's the goal we got a lot of churches in here you you can pick one based on how you like to do this or that a lot of different a lot of different flavors out there and I, I you know we don't want to be everybody and, and the same as everybody we, we want to be unique we want we want to be distinct. but when we break huddle when we break huddle and we and we go to execute the play, Pauls saying, you gotta take what God's given you, and you gotta you gotta do something with it. See, we we can look good in the huddle. Uh, the Falcons look good in the huddle, but they ain't rising up. I, 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 I'm just gonna tell you, they ain't rising up. No, equip. Believers, when we break huddle and we understand what God's calling is on our life, what does that do? How does that show up as we execute our gifts and implore those gifts in the ministry of the Lord? As equipped believers, it it shows up. The ministry overall is, is enhanced. The church is being lifted up and edified and and new believers are being established. This means that those who come to Christ are sticking around and they're growing roots and they're going to be discipled. See, when Paul is mentioning there in Ephesians about maturing and so that we're not like children tossed around to and fro, you've got to understand that the Bible, when it mentions this idea of children and babes, it uses the same word. Because with God, that which is in the womb is still a church. The same word that's used there to express that that's a child is the same word that's used to express a child in other areas of Scripture. There is no fetus in the eyes of the Lord, although I would agree that fetus Latin for offspring is true because we all know that it's going to do what? Grow up and be a a, a human being, right? It's not going to be something else. If you're pregnant today, you're not worried about whether or not I'm going to have a human. Lord, I pray. Would you pray for us? We're pregnant. We just hope it's human. We'll pray for you all. We will pray for you. But the idea here is that we need to grow up. That's the idea. We need to grow up. And we are too oftentimes we are drawn away by a whole lot of interest out here. That rob us of the important things of life. Leisure's great. Relaxing is great. But we have taken our comfort in our nation today and in the church today. We have taken the the idea of comfort and we have exalted it and we have put it on the throne of our life as a whole. And I I, want to come, I want to give. got to get in the game, we've got to grow up, we've got to mature, there's a standard to achieve, and I want to tell you, when we're not focused on fulfilling and developing these gifts, or this gift that God has given to us, we leave the door open for all manner of other things. My my grandfather, Grandpa Cooper, I, I didn't know him as a child, he died when I was just a little boy. My older brother has some memories of him. Ed's five years older than me, and, and he remembers uh, Grandpa Cooper. And Grandpa Cooper was a, really a tall, tall man, like six foot five. He was just a giant. I didn't get those jeans for whatever. Reason. Because he was married to a woman that was five foot. And my mom... Dad ain't got it no better on his side of the family. Grandpa Tucker, his sister ain't had it. She was about four foot ten, stretching it. But he used to say, and this was passed down through our family. If I heard it once, I heard it a million times, and idle mind is a devil's workshop. I mean, I. I, I heard, I'm telling you if I heard it one time I heard it thousands there is so such truth in that just, just look back on the last two and a half years of what's transpired in the world but in, in the west in particular Th- today the whole mental illness and all of these things are just skyrocketing because we told people to be shut up and not to interact with anybody and 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 we told people to be very afraid very 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 afraid that has consequences that has consequences and folks it is it is it is science we're following science we're following the wrong science because that kind of science tells us that that's what it leads to because God did not intend for us as a church to be on the defense to shut the doors, lock the windows down, and let's sit in the rocking chair of grace and sweep by and by until the return of Jesus. No, he said, he said that the gates of hell won't keep the church out. We're to be on the offense, folks. We're to be occupying our mind and our life with fulfilling the will of God in our life because there is an offensive uh, front here with respect to the church that we are to achieve. And I understand we're, we're living in this post Christian world. I understand that. We swapped religions a long time ago uh, in our institutions. I understand that. But we're to be on the offensive. Because I want to tell you what goes before us is not this, this charismatic spirit uh, that you're liked by everybody and you got all these followers. But what's going before you is the spirit of the living God. And I want to tell you, God's still in the saving business. God is still calling people out. The Holy Spirit is still at work in our world and our culture today. And I want to tell you, in the midst of all the crazy that's out here, God's still doing it a work. Folks, listen, we, we have an online presence in this church taking the gospel to places that we could have never reached before. And why did we do that? Because, because of the whole COVID thing, man we met outside we invited the community a lot of people were looking for a place to worship we continued to worship people that had never visited before they came we started putting a service online we've worked the kinks out to the point now where jacob tells me some folks in ireland and even belgium are listening to uh the podcast now who'd have thought that without that without covid do you think we would be there no But I want to tell you, when we are worried and we are concerned about getting the gospel into the hearing of the person who is lost, God works things out. Faithfulness. A measure of faith. Running into the overtime, so I'm going to wrap it up here. Folks, Gifted believers working in tandem together to build up the church. Did you read about? Uh, did you read about the the four ladies that set out from San Francisco and rode to Hawaii? <laughs> Thirty-four days, fourteen. In a boat, and they rode it 2,400 miles. What is wrong with these people? <laughs> hey, but I want to tell you something about the Lat 35 routine. I don't know the details of it. I'm never going to row a boat, but but I'll tell you, on the Olympics, you know, they got those little small street, you know, they're sitting there, I mean, in town, and i have just going to see. I'm out there, we're going to go, row, row, I'm like, what do you think we're going to do? Hey, hang on, let me check my status real quick. Yeah, iPhone will going on. What do you think we're going to do, man? We're rowing, man. And they set out for 2,400 miles, set a world record. And here's the point: that's not possible, because when you're crossing the Pacific Ocean, too, because I, I mean, I watched Yacht Cousteau for years, man. There's some stuff down in the Pacific Ocean that's bad. I'm just tell you, deeps bad, and. By the way, you're leaving San Francisco and you're headed to Hawaii. That's something to smile about. Cheaper in downtown. We ain't going to lose our luggage, man. (laughs) Keep going. But if they're not together, they're not going to make it, right? They got, you know, got four folks. It's amazing what is possible when we're working together. When we're, not, when we're not out of sync, we're not doing our own thing, but we're together. And that's what God calls us to do, to be together. There's many, there's many different ministries in here, but we're all working toward the same thing, or we should be working toward it. What about your personal ministry in your life? What's God equipped you to do? The influence that you have on people. How is it that you can minister to them? How is it that you can impact them for Christ? Every day in your life, on your own. doesn't matter if Steve knows about it. doesn't matter if the church ever knows about it. Your name doesn't have to be written down anywhere. Because here's the point. God is the one that keeps the books. God's the one that keeps the records. And there is a crowned To win. So there is an offering to cast. Put it in perspective. We need teachers. We 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 need we need folks that are willing to say, I'm available. And man, does God use availability? What is it? You're in a rut in life, things aren't right. Maybe it's because you need to be a little more persistent. With fulfilling this call of God In your life I don't know that But I bet you you do And I pray and I trust this morning That God would stir your soul To a level of obedience Perhaps that you have never known And put all of these other things to the side And sit God on the throne Give Him preeminence And be amazed At what He'll do Young or old This isn't about Grown-ups, this is about everybody. You're a blood-bought believer today, there's a place for you in the kingdom of God. Doesn't matter. Fulfill that call on your life. Pray with me this morning. Lord, may you be lifted up and may you be praised. May you be honored in our level of service and commitment and surrender to those things that matter the most. God, touch hearts today and stir us. Change us, Lord. Help us to find our way back if we've wandered off. If we've come and moored from that anchor that, the, that is the rock of our Lord Jesus, God, help us to come back. And God, help us to serve as if this is the last day we will ever have the opportunity to. God, you are going to return. You're coming back. Our world is changing. You change not, Lord. Help us to anchor to that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand our feet, church.